Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. A long time overdue. Uh, it's good to make this dream come true. Uh, we talked about this, and then we kind of teased it a little bit, and then finally, I was just like, you know what? We just need to go ahead and do this because if we don't, I know me. I'm a big time procrastinator. I figure you're the same way too. So I just figure we just need to we need a little push, get the ball rolling, and from that point, we can go from there. I'm excited because I think it's going to be a little different than what we normally do on podcasts for yours brain buster boys for mine on uh band from ringside obviously still under the global visionary global media network umbrella but we're doing a little different things around here i'll let brett to go ahead and kind of set things up from there yeah yeah so uh if you've heard my show brain buster boys we typically don't cover a lot of new japan or japanese wrestling because I had to get my co-host Bo to even start watching wrestling. And, uh, he's gone above and beyond. I know you guys talk a little bit about it, but it's definitely not the focus. And not at all. As you and I met at, at Forbidden Door, and I hopped on your show, you know, shortly before that, you know, we realized hell, we watched almost exactly the same shit. Um, I wasn't necessarily in on TJPW yet. I am now. You weren't necessarily in on DDT. You're kind of easing your way in. So toes like, in the door. Shit. Toes feels in the like, water. <laughs> feels, like a, feels like a match made in heaven. We sat next to each other at Forbidden Door. Had a fucking blast. And a half. Oh, my God. It was and, so good. Uh, and I think we started kicking around the idea then. And I'd had thoughts of doing a separate show, like, focused on Japanese wrestling, which is what this is. Um, so here we are. And... Um, yeah, fucking excited to be here as well. Uh, you know, it's going to be a ton of fun. So, yeah, I just wanted to kick it off uh, talking about each of our personal stories kind of getting into Japanese wrestling or Puro Risu, however it's pronounced. Puro So, I don't even know. Yeah, exactly I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> not even going to try it. Yeah, let's call it Puro and Puro and Joshi, baby. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously we. I, assume we've both been pretty much lifelong wrestling fans, but the Japanese wrestling boom has only gotten over here to the States, I'd say, in the last five, six years or so. But kind of what, JCB, how and when did you get into this, and what was it that kind of ultimately hooked you? When we, being myself, uh, Zach Pullman and Bill Vagie, the band from ringside, uh, 
podcast. We started doing it about five years ago. And Zach brought up this guy named uh, Okada and how he was on this Mm -hmm. historical streak of title defenses. And he was arguably the greatest wrestler in the world at the time. And I'm just like, you know, I've never heard of this Okada guy. You know, I've heard of New Japan. Uh, It was usually in a scenario where it's someone from America wasn't getting their money so they went over to Japan to kind of force a little leverage action and, and hopefully get paid have good matches over there and then and eventually come back to America and get their bag if you will um I think the first like Lord like Lord sorry like Lord Tensai <laughs> great example Brock Lesnar you know how you know how this works um so AJ Styles so uh the first actual New Japan show I watched was the uh US show that they did in San Francisco I think the main event was Kenny Omega and uh Tomohiro Ishii for the the US title I think Cody Rhodes was on Ah. that show and yeah Yeah, yeah and that was it I was like Oh, what in the hell is this? What rock have I been under that I did not actually look and see what was going on? And that was my own personal ignorance because it's not, maybe it's not that hard. I talk about this all the time with like impact for just like 30 seconds. People that say, oh, I can't find impact. I don't know where to go, go to find impact. It's not that hard. You just had to go out and make the effort. Once I figured out, oh, my God, I love this. How do I start watching this more? Oh, it's just a subscription. And then that's how the ball kind of rolled. I watched the G1 that year. And then from that point, I was just like, that's it. You know, New Japan is another. It opened up a new door for me for watching wrestling. It was the alternative to WWE at the time. There was no AEW. Impact was, you know, hit or miss at the time. Um, NWA wasn't even a thing. So I can't even think of anything else United States based that would even, you know, remotely kind of come close comparable to WWE. New Japan for me just changed the game. And from that point on, I was hooked. What's your story? Pretty similar time frame. Um, so I, the, my first like real exposure one, it was Stone Cold's podcast. He had Jim Ross on in advance of Wrestle Kingdom 9, mm-hmm. um, which was Shinsuke, Ibushi, and Tanahashi Okada main event, Oof. which I think was one of the biggest shows they'd ever done, one of the most important for business. But just hearing him talk about Tanahashi and Okada and all these guys, I'm like, this sounds interesting. And then I kind of forgot about it. Right. And then Wrestle Kingdom 10 came along. And I remember, I guess it was that morning in my bed, probably hungover, scrolling through Facebook, and <laughs> the AJ Styles Nakamura match was like someone posted it, or right. somehow it came across my feed, and I sat there in bed on my fucking telephone and watched the whole damn match, and I was blown away because yeah. I just never seen, you know, I was WWE only as well, just didn't really know about anything else and didn't care to search because you know it was cool enough. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. But still wasn't really enough for me to chase it, I guess. And yeah, it but it's, one, it's the procrastination thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah. If you allow yeah. me to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then another year later, Wrestle Kingdom 11, 
Omega vs. Okada happens, okay. and then I couldn't stop couldn't yeah. stop seeing things. And Dave Meltzer says this is the best match ever. And I'm like, what the hell? And it's like, okay, I'd heard of Okada, and I feel like I started to hear the whispers about Kenny Omega. And Me I'm too. Like, okay, I got I to gotta check this out. I did, and it was the best match <laughs> I've ever seen. I'm, you know, I was just like, holy shit, yeah. I've never, ever seen anything like this for 46 minutes, however long they went. And then Shibata Okada happened a few months later unfortunately ended Shibata's career at the time, but a fucking unbelievable match and one that's in my top five ever. Um, and then, so what really I think ultimately got me was Dominion 2017, the rematch, Omega yeah. uh. I was Woo. hanging out, part, partying, with some, partying with some friends. We were back at a buddy's house. It's like 2.30 in the morning, and it's about to come on live. And I'm like, shit, we're up. We're going to be up. Yeah. So I sit there and I order New Japan World right there. <laughs> so confused because it's in Japanese. <laughs> something happened with my credit. Like, the Japan, you have to insert your credit card, like, date backwards. Mm-hmm. I had trouble with that for Started stardom. the same way. I was just like, what is the yeah. hell is this? I don't get it. <laughs> the, the info is right. Translate, <laughs> damn it. Like, translate. Their support. That's it was amazing. someone on, like, Reddit. So, like, I just Googled it. Right. And anyway, so long story short, ordered it, watched the whole show. Obviously, Omega Okada went to like 7.30 a.m. The mm-hmm. sun was up, but was just absolutely mind blown. And even people were with me that had never really watched wrestling. And they're like, this is unbelievable. And then like you, I, that was hooked from then. That 2017 G1 was, that's when it was good night. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. But, I've never been... Um, I'll, I'll say this about New Japan, and this is what I really, really knew. When Juice Robinson won the IWGP US title from Jay White, and the, the storyline was uh, Juice broke the arm, he broke his arm, and he was go, trying yeah. to overcome it to beat Jay White, and he eventually ends up doing it. I'm in my bed, and I'm and like... Josh, Bar- Josh Barnett at ringside. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my bed, and I'm like... Damn near bawling. I'm. I have tears coming out of my eyes, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this?" I. They have got me so hooked. I am boohooing over Juice fucking Robinson. That's that what I do. That was that same show. That's right? when I knew. I think so. It sounds Kenny. right. I think so. It sounds yeah. right. Don't quote me on that. But I was just like, that's when I knew. I was like, motherfucker, they got sure. me. They got me. Okay, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Where, where do you want me to? How late do I have to stay then- up? Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. And then that that main event had Ishii biting the top, top rope, rope, if you recall. With yeah. Kenny, like, That's what Kenny I was like. trying to drag and suplex him outside. And, ah! Yeah, he's, he's like, it. you don't see that in America. No, and that's no. when I was just like, okay, this is totally different than WWE. And it's not a knock against WWE. I would be lying if I said I didn't no. watch it to this day. However, this is just different it's good storylines plus the physicality of the strong style in the ring that's the marriage that's what got me it's the best in-ring wrestling in the world period and it has been since probably before we started watching um i need to go through, i haven't yet but i just finished my top 200 from last year i want to see like the breakdown by promotion like it's got to be new japan heavy um, and probably Japanese wrestling as a whole. Yeah. So, speak, 
speaking on, like we're going to talk, you know, in general on this show, we're going to discuss stardom. We're going to discuss Noah, Tokyo Joshi Pro, DDT, and whatever the hell else may come across. Agreed. Us, uh, Something but, always comes um, up. Aside from, yeah, aside from New Japan, for me personally, it took the pandemic to really kind of get involved into the other promotions. And I know I've told you this many times, me and my buddy Azar, like we would hop on a video call like this and like pick a match and we would like time it up. And it's like, okay, get to this point, three, two, one, go. And we would essentially watch wrestling together. We would do that at least once, maybe because it was a pandemic. No one had shit to do. Right. So then we, we started watching, we'd already been into like the nineties, all Japan, but then we started getting more into the two thousands, Noah, and then I independently got into stardom and then current, no, you know, we got right. the wrestle universe. It's like, Oh, DDT's on here too. And then it's a rabbit hole. I swear I got into, yeah, I got into TJPW because of how much I was loving stardom right? and just Joshi wrestling in general. And, uh, yeah, now uh, we're obsessed. <laughs> good, good word to use. I agree with that totally. I, and we're doing a we're doing a Japan podcast, right? So I say so. Yeah, I was going to say the pandemic for me is how I got into stardom because, like you said, nobody had shit to do. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't work. So I mean, I, I banged out like 2018. You know, just sitting around at the house, and I was just like, man, this is just crazy. How am I? How have I never watched this before? I was kicking myself again. Yeah. So. It's I guess the the moral of my story is if you haven't tried New Japan or you haven't tried stardom, put your toe in the water. See if you like it. If you don't like it, you ain't got to get in the pool. That's the great part about putting the toe in the water versus just uh, cannonball in yep. it, if you will. You know what I'm saying? But if like I said, for me, it just changed my whole perspective of wrestling. It gives me a, a bigger worldwide look of how things are done in New Japan. Like uh, Mercedes Monet just quick sidebar for 30 seconds i saw people on twitter saying that her appearance at wrestle kingdom was a flop it, it didn't go well you know there was no pop or whatever like that that's just not what they do in japan you know yeah. they, they won't chant you know this is awesome or you know make real if you get the gasp that is the the equivalent of them chanting yep. this is awesome you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yep. When Jonah jumped off the top rope on Okada, and you and there was oh. a clapping crowd, but they all were like, "Oh!" I, I, yep. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, "Oh shit!" I'm for you guys. Now, just thinking about it, right? So, I mean, <laughs> in that scenario, once they, you know, she kind of came out, and it was like, "Oh, that's the check mark for me. That's the, you know, the acceptance of." Mercedes Monet coming out and being on a New Japan stage. So it's just totally different. And that's why I want people to just put your toe in. See if you like it. That way you can have a, a better understanding about how things work. Because things don't work like that in America. If FTR came to back to WWE and people just kind of did it like Japan and just let them come out or whatever. People lose their damn minds. It's just, it works differently in Japan. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All great points. And yeah, admittedly she did botch the move, but who cares? She looked like, I a think that was on buff. Kyrie actually. She I, looked like a star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I saw like a video yeah. of her successfully executing the move and yeah, it definitely takes, two to tango for sure but 
man, that hairstyle, fuck. God I've never it. seen anything like that before in my life. Yeah. yeah. That was like, go ahead, <laughs> girl. She looks great. She's a star. I don't necessarily agree with her saying uh, she's going to have the best star to match ever. Yeah, slow down. <laughs> that's a very high bar to climb. No, but, hey, she I did like She did call out uh, Azumi uh, post-match on uh, after Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I think she said uh, Mayu as well as potential opponents that she would want to wrestle. As soon as she said Azumi, I was like, <laughs> oh, please yeah. talk dirty to me. Well, they'll probably... <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably keep her away from Julia, I would assume, for a while. Because, I mean, not, neither of those two are probably going to lose anytime soon. But, but, man, that's a money match. Yeah. I was just going to say, give me 15 minutes of that. And just put me in the bed. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Julia, like, she specifically is what drew me to stardom. I think, honestly, I may have just seen a picture of her, and I'm like, holy shit who right. is she like right. obviously she's beautiful but mm-hmm. she just presents herself as a badass she looks tough and then yeah I, I can't remember the first match i watched of hers offhand it might have been the starlight kid or tam from like early 2021 might have been the hair versus hair and then i kind of mm. worked backwards but like and then that's kind of what deeper into the pool um but yeah man it's fucking great and like i said multiple times like stardom probably my favorite promotion last year um overall because yeah. japan you know definitely start of the year was a bit slow i think once wrestling dentaku hit and jay came back like that's when things really started to accelerate but stardom like every big show was amazing yeah it, it was, had so it, many great it, matches it was yeah so many bangers no question about it um utami and, is and is what drew me in Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to cap off the year with Julia mm-hmm. beating Fury in one of the best matches of the year, I certainly cried afterwards. Okay, see, yeah, yeah, that's fucking I mean, with shit, me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is like the most cliche expression these days, but this shit just hits different. Yeah, I, I agree totally. It, it, just because I know we're going to talk about it, just the story of julia and shuri in uh donna del mundo them coming together them basically starring together then shuri breaks off to start her own uh faction in god's eye and now it all comes together with a year run of the title with shuri and now she has to face you know her girl at the end of the year you know with the one year title reign in hanging in the balance it was it was just done perfect you know the the story is just perfect and then they went out and just executed this ridiculous match that suplex spot just jesus christ you know five five minutes in suplex into the crowd okay come on you know we we don't want to build up to this you know we're not gonna build a fuck it just throw it into the fucking stance okay are you are you okay jury jury pile driver through a table like two minutes later and they went 2951 and was throwing bombs from five minutes in it was fucking crazy you text and then me. Again, the, the emotion the emotion at the end like julia pretty much starts crying right away and oh then, my god you know jury's like i want to put the belt on you and I'm they're like, both just falling Christ. and then they're like and then they're laying on top of, of each, each other. other on the ground and uh. so i rewatched the match and you know how they put the subtitles on, which yeah. is so awesome. Like, I love during that moment. I don't know if you saw it, but Julia's like, 
and when she's like laying on top of her, she's this like, is embarrassing. Watching us. <laughs> 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 Let's say no, no, no. We ain't oh, watching. God. Nobody's watching. Just do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no With attention to all promo, of this. And that promo in general, though, was so great because it was just all about respect to Shuri and how she looked after her and just you know the toughest hill to climb over yeah. and yeah it was just it was fucking perfect yeah without question and like they you know they they parted ways pretty amicably yeah. i mean they were tag champs but and, sure you just know, like you know hey i gotta do my own thing still together yeah i'm the champ sorry i can't be in your shadow and obviously they built up some in the scope of the match but here all love and respect and mm-hmm. It just hits different, bro. Yeah, it was good. It was it was amazing. It was it was a it's a nice little All cherry right. for the stardom uh, cake to end the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've got about twenty minutes uh, preamble here, but shall we uh, dive into Wrestle Kingdom? We're cannonballing in. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. 17 from the Tokyo Dome, January 4th, 2023. Attendance 26,085. And we start. And both of us were watching live, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised you stayed up. I, watched, I did. Well, I fortunately, I slept a lot during the day mm. with intent to kind of be ready. So, no, that's, that's the yeah, move. That's the first one I've watched. First one I've watched live solo. And first one since Wrestle Kingdom 14 that I had. So it was awesome. And we were texting pretty much the whole way through, which was also good. I might pull up some of those messages here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so it starts with a three-minute exhibition between Bolton Oleg and Ryohei Oiwa. What you think? There wasn't much to this, but uh, Oleg looks like uh, he'll be a pretty good future prospect. Yeah, that's that's the takeaway from it for me. Uh between Onwa and, oh, God, I can't think of the other. Um, Oscar Mube just came onto the scene. He, he's now, like, the biggest of the young Lions. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, geez. There's the other one, though, that has, like, the shoulder problem. I w- want to say it's, uh, I think it's Nakajima. It sounds right. Um, Naka, Nakashima. 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 Okay. Yeah. So he's got, like, the uh, the – the box '90s haircut or whatever, so he was like the like the biggest of the young lions, and Onwa was kind of like the the next one down or whatever until Oscar Gube came onto the scene. Anyway, yeah. my point is, is Oleg looks like he was just rolled out of the box and just easily size wise bigger than Onwa, which is kind of scary at that point because now I'm thinking he's you know not he and Nakashima are about the same size I mean for a three minute exhibition it was what it was it was more so just here's an introduction to Onleg remember this name it's going to come back somewhere down the line okay fair enough yep yeah absolutely I mean I wish it was five minutes you know like the ZSJ Shabbat like I feel like you could have it it just felt a little unfulfilling, but yeah, I mean, you can see there's something there. Yeah, sure. there, there's a reason why uh, they put him out there, and so we just have to wait and see. Yep. So then we get to the Rambo, which is the most star-studded Rambo I can remember, <laughs> because you, yeah. now they've gone back to one 
gone back to one night, which I like. I like a lot. I like it a lot better because the previous few years, like it, the cards just felt so watered down. It didn't feel like Wrestle Kingdom, and this show did. Um, but I'm not going to go through every name here. But it was fun. Like I, I'm always entertained by these. You know, they're not the the best matches in the world, but you right. get to see a lot of guys. You know, it's a unique thing where you get pins or you know over the top rope. Usually some shenanigans, like last year, I think Yano didn't even go in the ring and he won because everyone else got eliminated. <laughs> Fucking Yano. Um, we had Great Ocon, we had Great Ocon, Shingo, Sho, and Yano making the finals, which interesting because Shingo, you know, he basically carried this KOPW most of last year, brought mm. it, made it interesting, brought it to relevance, had an incredible feud with Tai Chi, a very good feud with El Phantasmo, Shingo's my daddy. Um, but he basically said he's, he's fed up. He's had enough. He wants nothing to do with this. He's above it. So people kind of thought, is he even going to be in this match? He was. He makes the final four. Obviously, more to come on all this. But, um, yeah, you got any anything to anything that stuck out here? Anything to add? No, you you say when a star-studded event and for a, a lack of a better term, it, you know you're not getting Okada or Jay White, but I mean you you still got Kenta, you still had Shingo, uh, you still had uh, Tai Chi, yeah. So I mean there was guys that were coming out where I was like, oh okay, you know, yeah. I'm just like, damn, okay, you know, this it felt like a, a rumble of sorts yeah. more so than it did and and past uh Russell Kingdoms. I don't ne- I didn't necessarily mind the two Russell Kingdom nights it, when it dictated it as such. The last time they did it, it I agree it kind of felt a little watered down, but when they united the titles the first time, which now apparently upon retrospect it looks like a mistake. Was great. Yeah, that's yeah. when it made sense yeah. to do so. But right now I agree with you. One night the way, especially the way they did it this time, it just felt like, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, here's the next match. Here's the next match. Here's the next match. And that's how you want to have to do a four or five hour show. You just got to keep things moving along. Yep. And they certainly did that. And yeah, you're right. Like it felt like in the past, these Rambos were all, all the young lions were in there. All the dads were in there. <laughs> and it was just like, you kind of knew who was going to make it to the end. But yeah. Jeff Cobb, Kenta, Tai Chi, Ishii, Great Okan, Shingo, you know, these are names. Right. And there was, like, just looking at the list, like, the biggest jobber, for lack of a better term, would be, like, Yujiro. And that guy, you know, he, he beat Ibushi last yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I Yeah, that's what I say. For the record, you know, that guy Pimp did beat Koto Ibushi. Fucking Pimp dude. Yeah, right. I was like, I'm still <laughs> so looking yeah, at it like, is. what the fuck did I just see? Did this just happen? <laughs> Damn, it was big juice. Right? Clean in the juice. middle of the ring. They debuted the big juice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Whistle, G1 but, uh, is going to be crazy again. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, speaking of dads, we uh, round out the pre-show with uh, Satoshi Kojima, who's on a hell of a run in Noah right now. Toji hey, Makabe and Yuji Nagata defeating Minoru Suzuki, Tiger Mask, and 69-year-old Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, again, nothing really special here. Just a way to, you know, I guess celebrate Inoki, I think was kind of the purpose of this match. And uh, frankly, I don't really remember too much from it. I watched the uh, backstage comments from uh, the 
after Wrestle Kingdom, I guess that was yesterday, and Minoru Suzuki was less than kind about uh, being in the memorial uh, match. Uh, just basically just kind of run it down. Anoki was like, you know, he's dead. You know, it's time to move on. Thankfully for you guys, I'm still here. I was like, oh, my God. Damn. <laughs> okay, Minoru, you're good to go. Go ahead and leave. <laughs> Somebody else come up to the mic, please. Uh, that's basically the, the the moral of the story for me was just to see Suzuki next to Tiger Mask, who that seems like a weird pairing. Fujinami just being in the ring at 69 yeah. years old. I was like, please, God, just don't don't let anything happen to him. But outside of that, it was what it was. You know, it's, it's a filler it match. Took him, took him forever. Oh took God. him forever to get down that ramp. <laughs> Undertaker's like, come on, man. We ain't got all night. <laughs> <laughs> chop chop yeah i didn't think he was gonna make like they had already introduced the other two guys and he still wasn't even close not even close break. god bless but, him hey, yeah i was about to say you can't rush him, yeah, god bless him. <laughs> it nope. is a long ass nope. round hey he's in there taking he's taking bumps mm. you gotta give him credit yeah while well, i'm over here talking shit all right <laughs> Main card, and typically these shows start with the junior tag, which is always a great call. High energy, get Agreed. it going. Which saw Catch-22, uh, Francesco, Akira, and TJP retaining their championships over Leo, Rush, and Yo in 10-29. And this starts a string of two, four, six straight matches, none of them above 11 minutes, just an interesting note. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, it, they kept the show moving. Pace was good. But, uh, yeah, this these two teams, you knew they were going to do something great. You know, within the 10 and a half minutes they got, it was very entertaining. It was fast-paced. And Leo Rush almost died. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, he did not look good backstage. Just blood, no. just dried up blood I'm on his face. that was not a – I'm guessing that was not a blade job at all, and he just nah. got fucked up. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. spot on the ramp was uh, pretty pretty brutal, to say the least. Face buster on that ramp, well, he, he did not come out the same. But credit to Leo, he did you know finish out the match. But like I said, his face looked pretty swollen post-match. Um, I like this. you know. I thought the right team went over yeah. and catch 22. I think... The one big knock that I have about New Japan, because I know we gave it its flowers, but it's no promotion is perfect. Um, no. Their tag division has always been felt like it's been lacking, even though you might have had sure. like G.O.D. or the Good Brothers or other tag teams on the junior side that kind of stood out. You never had a really good, complete division. My hope, yep. fingers crossed, is catch 22 and Francisco Akira and TJP kind of lead a, a junior division tag team division resurgence if you will they're a good team and I like them together and obviously they're, they're just as good apart singles wise fingers crossed you get you can get these two teams back when Leo can get healthy again we can run it back at a later point but for the match itself, I gave it four stars. It was a good, like you said, it's a good way to kick off a Wrestle Kingdom, and this is the usual way they do it. So I like the match. I gave it four stars. Same here, four stars for me. Yeah, TJP and Akira, are fucking awesome, man. Like they're they move so quick. They have great teamwork moves, double team moves. Yep. 
They both show a lot of emotion. Like TJP, well, I guess TJP doesn't show as much emotion, but I love he's just got that hair cover in his eyes, <laughs> and he's just out there working. He's just out there working. Um, Leo Rush is someone I was never really like a fan of, but obviously always respect what he can do because he's very, very unique. And, man, he – I love this team in the World Tag League, like Super Junior Tag League. Um, yeah, they won me it, over. I think it, the commentators are talking about how it reinvigorated Yo, mm-hmm. who's always been somewhat stale. You know, he'll have his moments, but, like, he's never really been able to, like, kind of catch on fully as a singles guy, I think. So it's been good for him. And just overall, like, this is the most I've watched of the tag leagues ever. Like, I because I think there were – more interesting teams. You have yeah. Chris Bay and Ace Austin, Alex Zane and uh, L Lindeman. And then on the you know heavyweight side, like Aussie Open, it's, yeah. it's great. Um, even I love watching Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin because mm-hmm. there's, we haven't seen much in Japan and I really like those guys. Arthur and Suzuki was fun. So yep. definitely agree with you. Their tag divisions have been lackluster, but agree in the sense that I think they're building to something. And I think catch 22 is the perfect team to kind of lead the way in the junior division. And while I picked Leo and yo, I'm glad catch 22 won because I want to see this reign continue. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's, it's just too early for them to, to be the throne just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see these four somewhere else down the line. Well, and not to, I guess we can jump, ahead yeah. just slightly because of New Year's Dash, we kind of figure out who a lot of these next challengers are going to be. Mm-hmm. So it was either, I think, Kanemaru pinned Akira, or basically one of them took a pinfall, which will lead us to think that Doki and Kanemaru will be the first challengers, which I think is awesome. No, uh, I love the fact that Doki is this not even trying, but getting a little little shine for a lack of a better term. You all, you've been a big uh, Kanemaru guy. You, you always ask me, you know, have you seen his Noah matches? I'm like, no, I ain't seen the Noah matches. But it's in like best of Super Juniors is when you really see Kanemaru kind of stand out. So in that sense, I mean, he beat the holy hell out of Hiromu in uh, last year's uh, BSOJ. Um, oh yeah. In that sense. I have excitement for those two as a team. It's different from uh, Despy and Kanemaru, and obviously with Suzuki Goon breaking up, we have you know a little uh, turmoil in you know who's going where, who's going to stay solo, and things along those lines. So, yeah, in that sense, I don't have a problem with it. The fact that Doki's going to get a chance to you know chase after uh, tag team gold is good too. And you got and you said it best. New Year's Dash is like the ultimate reset for New Japan because now we yeah, have a whole bunch of one. new matches, new feuds coming out, and obviously we'll talk about that yeah, as we go around. Members, yeah. So I mean, it yep. was really like a it's a hard reset for the whole year. It's starting on on twenty twenty three with New Year's Dash, and this was the start of it. And while just while we talked about Doki, got to bring up Gino Gambino making his return to New Japan. <laughs> Kevin, it's Doki, 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 Kevin. I, never... I, I love me some Gino Gambino, and I miss Gino Gambino. And yeah. I remember Bo watched 
the Naito <laughs> Okada Wrestle Kingdom 14 match with me, not live, but like we were at a buddy's. And right. Gino Gambino was on commentary, and he was just geeking out alone by the name Gino Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be happy to hear he was back. But it was nice having the gang back together because, like, so many times Chris and Kevin would talk, bring up Gino, reference Gino. So it just felt nice yeah. to have them back. Agreed. Uh, Rocky came in for the Okada match. Uh, Don Callis yep. came in for Don the Kenny Omega match. Fucking awesome. So yeah, it was. It's like you said, the band got back together, and and it wasn't like all six of them. Like God bless Japanese commentary, but it wasn't like all six of them. You know, trying to call this one match. You know, they picked their spots and they added guys in, but then they kept the core three together with Chris Charlton, Gino, and uh, Kevin Kelly, the best in the biz. Yep, it was awesome. Moving on. IWGP Women's Championship. Kyrie defeats Tam Nakano in five minutes, 47 seconds. But they certainly made the most of it. Fucking Violet Screwdriver about four and a half mm. minutes in. You know, you got to see, for those who, you know, had never seen Tam, I assume a lot of people had seen Kyrie in NXT and WWE, but at least you got a nice showcase of what she can do and how much of a badass she is. But I was very disappointed that this, was so short because I feel like this was such a time, a showcase for like the women's wrestling in mm-hmm. New Japan, and you can't. And I get it; this was to build up Mercedes, but I think these two deserved better. Yeah, you could do two things at once. Five minutes was r- incredibly short, especially with you know, guy. I could say guys like us, you know, that watch stardom and are used to, you know. Th- this 20, 20, you know, 25 minute epic bangers, you know, you know, Tam can go. Anybody that, that give watched. Them 12. Yeah. Give them, give them 12. You can do 12 minutes and then back. still come out and do the Mercedes Monet spot afterwards and just give it a better picture. My fear is, is that this is going to be the way they're going to do their matches, women's matches moving forward. Short times, just, you know, hey, we did it. Now we can move on. If that's the case, then, you know, that's going to be a problem for me. I'm going to give this one a pass yep. just for the fact that this is one of their first go arounds. But I agree with you. You could have gave them 12 minutes and still did the Mercedes spot afterwards. And that way you give people a chance to kind of connect with Tam a little more. I agree with you. Everybody should know who Kyrie is at this point, And you can still accomplish the goal of introducing Mercedes Monet at the back end. Just disappointing. Like I said, as a stardom fan, I was just like, oh, it's over? What the fuck? Come on. So. Yep. Totally agree. And I don't know if you saw, I saw it on Twitter. Tam had like a string of 15 tweets that someone had translated just about kind of her relationship with Kyrie and the story. And there was history there, like not really direct, but she kind of came in right as Kyrie was leaving and never thought, you know, never thought she kind of reached that level. And now she thinks she's surpassed her. So, like, there was some real shit there as well. So, yeah, okay. a little no, I, changed. I didn't see that. But, but again, now, you know, I'm like, oh, shit. And now, that make, now that makes it more disappointing yeah. just because you now have yeah, a chance yeah. to really do something, you know, do something special. Make the IWGP women's title, you know, important and relevant. And now you throw out this six-minute match. So, yeah, that, that part is the disappointing part. Hopefully, her and Mercedes make it up at a Battle of the Valley in February, but we'll see what happens. You got to think they're going to 
they get at least 15 there. I mean, I'm guessing that's probably a co-main event. Um, so hopefully they'll give them some time at that one. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Which I hope they don't get in the habit of only defending it in America. Right. But, I mean, with her, I think it makes total sense to have her first match in America. Yeah. It, the, it should be awesome. You, you want Mercedes to have a good – you know, fan base behind her. The American fan base will make noise, obviously. And like you said, if you give them 15, 20 minutes, I think her and Kyrie can do some good things. So, you know, fingers crossed the second time around, we don't get what we got with this Mike Tyson popcorn match, if you will. (laughs) And we pretty much already talked through everything with Mercedes. Um, Anything else to add on her appearance? I mean, like no, I said, I, she I, looked I, great. Yeah. yeah, there was a bit of a botch. Promo was fine, um, and I'm excited to see more. Yeah, for sure. Um, backstage, she did her thing. You know, kind of. There was nobody to, to really ask her questions. She was like, you know, I came all the way over here, and you know, you don't want to talk to me now. And so yeah, it was it was good to see this new caricature, if you will, of Sasha slash Mercedes. I just want to see, you know, bits and pieces more and more as she goes along. I really want to see what happens in stardom. I mean, this is cool, but yeah, give me, give me Julia, give me Tommy. She already called a zoomy out. I mean, you know, any of those will work for me in a one-off. Mayu, yeah, we could do that too. Starlight Starlight Kid, Kid, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities for uh, Mercedes to do some good things at stardom. So, yeah, like I said, this is cool with Kyrie. But, yeah, I'm kind of waiting for her to cross paths with some stardom wrestlers and see what happens with that. Agreed. Moving on, IWGP Tag Team Championship. Bishamon! Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeat FTR in 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Another short match. I was texting you kind of saying this reminded me of Wrestle Kingdom 13, where it was a lot of, you know, quicker, shorter Mm -hmm. matches, but they were all good. And this was also good. And I think this got the crowd going more than it had been going in the previous matches. You know, a lot of big near falls, a lot of pin breakups. And I thought these two teams gelled well. And I did pick Bishamon because it seemed like FDR is going through this lose all the belts, hit rock bottom, mm-hmm. and probably win the AEW Tag Team Champs or WWE, maybe. Um, <laughs> who knows what they're going to do. But um, yeah, this was great. And again, I would have loved to see three to five more minutes because like, the crowd was really getting into right. this. And uh, yeah, I, again, liked it. I went four stars on this one as well. But just felt like it could have gone that one more extra step, but yeah. really, really enjoyable stuff. No, I gave it four stars too. Um, the fact that you know, I guess was that ca- yeah, it was Cash that was having uh, travel issues. You know, yeah, flight yeah. delays, seven hour uh, car rides, the whole shebang. That's wild. The fact that yeah. you know he even was in the building, you know, is the crazy part. You know about that. I'm with you, you know, a couple minutes more, I think would have, you know, maybe got it a, a quarter star more. But, I mean, ultimately, yep. it's, it's the two stories. It's FTR hitting rock bottom and Bishimon establishing themselves as the predominant tag team in New Japan. You know, the, as they are. As they're they legit. are. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no two ways around it. I wasn't a huge fan of 
Yoshihashi and uh, Goto together, but when they won the six man with Ishii and they had that you know record breaking yep. run with the never six man title, oh, yeah. that kind of won me over. They won tag league back to back years. Then now they beat FTR. Yep. So now that you know, to me that's the the story on the new, the new Japan side. The spectrum of that is now the rise of Bishimon to the top of the heavyweight tag team side, and obviously they have opponents already lined up as well. God, I love fucking. Gato, just boom. Oh, I love him in this scenario. Boom, boom, boom. Your tag team chance. We got challengers waiting for you in 30 seconds, and we keep things moving along like that. Yep. Yeah. Bishamon, again, like I think they've just gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, two straight tag, two straight tag league wins, two straight Wrestle Kingdom title wins. Yep. They got the new music. I tripped off of that. They're in their gear. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I they're a legitimate tag team. You know, yeah, absolutely, and deserve to be treated as such. And Yoshihashi's a goddamn legitimate wrestler. <laughs> talk of, like I'm not kidding. Like from when he fucking ran out to uh, like attack Jay White, and me- remember he face planted. Like, do you remember that? Sometime in 2018, like, that was the hardest shit to watch. Oh like, this, man, this should be Yoshihashi's big moment. And bonk, yeah, like, it's like man, oh it no, come on. Poor guy. But since that moment, what a fucking comeback he's had, and he has established himself as a legitimate figure in New Japan. And I love. He's the he was the chaos um, little brother on the match. He was the chaos little brother, and now he's you know risen yeah. up to now being the, almost feeling like equal to Goto, even though Goto is older and uh, obviously has more experience. But yeah, they they are really good together, and I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, them and. Uh, Obviously, TM DK would, you know, spoiler alert, they got that win on New Year's Dash. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Um, all right, excellent. So, moving along again with the New Japan World Television Championship Tournament final, Zack Saber, blonde Zack Saber <laughs> Jr., defeats son of strong style Ren Narita in 1032. And I always love a very abrupt ZSJ tap out, and that's what we got here. But this was awesome. I mean, obviously, this was expected to be short given the 15-minute time limit. But these two boys went to fucking work, and uh, I really, really enjoyed this. I always love watching Zack Sabre Jr. work. I think it's Chris Charlton said it where he spends six seconds on one hold. If he can't tap you out with that, he goes to the next hold, six seconds there, goes to the next hold, six seconds there. And this was classic textbook Zack Sabre Jr. Credit to Ren Narita on easily the biggest stage of his career. It didn't look like he had butterflies. It didn't look like he shrinked in the moment. You know, the brightest lights were on him, and he – stood up to the heat. So that's, you know, something to look forward to him and Shota Umino, I think are going to be big time stars here in the future. The next wave of young lines coming back home, Yoda Suji as well. Uh, I expect him to come back sometime in 2023 and wreck a little havoc. So yeah, the, the future's bright in that sense. Uh, I gave this four and a quarter stars uh, that just the simple fact that it kept along the streak of, Quick, but really good matches. Renneria didn't shrink. And Zack Sabre Jr., you know, you can't blink. Otherwise, you're going to miss the tap out. I almost missed that joker because I was reaching for my soda. And I looked up and I was like, oh, shit. No, there he is. Tapping him out. Tapping him out. And and it's great like that. So 
in the scenario of a 15-minute time limit, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to give us some really good matches moving forward in 15 minutes. So I'm excited to see oh, yeah. his title defense. And he wants it to be a main event title, even though you know it feels like it's a mid-card title. He's like, post-match, he was like, nah, man, I want a main event. You know, the smaller shows or whatever the case may be. Put me on them at the end. Give me 15 minutes. I'll, I'll go to work. I was like, shit, that sounds like the play. Let's do that. Love it, yeah. Uh, I stuck with four on this, but this was my favorite match to the point. To this yep. point, agreed. Could go four and a quarter on a rewatch, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I picked Ren, but I think this was probably the hardest match to pick coming in because they really could have gone either way. Either way, you know, yeah. Established I, veteran who who deserves the singles title and will have a great run with it, or the young guy who can kind of that can be the start of his journey here. <laughs> And I also want to mention Yuya Uemura as well, mm-hmm. as I think a guy. He may be a year behind, but he's been doing his thing in Impact. Right. Recently had a great match with Mike Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to throw him in that lot as well, because sure. I think he's also going to be great. And he had that thing with Okada, if you recall, when he went out, he had his final match with Okada, and Okada beat him and then, like, beat him down after the match. Yeah. So he's kind of got, like, a... A built-in storyline, Okada's wing, yeah, or whatever you want to do. But there is a built-in storyline. Well, I will. I will. We get to the Nido part, and then I'll ask this question. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean anything. uh, Oh, I guess let's talk about post-match. Yeah, this was a pretty big thing. Uh, Hasten Nichols came out with the T-shirt. And uh, Zach put it on TMDK, and then you were—I remember you texted me like because they were talking about the history those guys had, and you're like, "What do you know about it?" And I'm like, "I think it might have been like Noah before he joined Suzuki Goon, and it was like 2014-15 Noah. He was actually against Suzuki Goon with Nichols and Haste. Um, that sounds crazy when they to did think like about. their Noah invasion. I know. So yeah, there is a lot of history here, and. Zach is now what they call him the front man. Right. DMDK. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait till big dude Tito gets in the mix as well. Mm. And then another. I mean, we'll we'll save it for New Year's Dash. But another new member as well on the nice. rise. So, I, to- I totally forgot about big dude Tito. Of the former Suzuki Goon. Yeah, the shuffling of Suzuki Goon is underway yeah. and continues on New Year's Dash, and it's it's exciting. No, I like the fact that. Uh, I didn't even when uh, Nichols and uh, Hayes came out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This, this, I'm like, are they getting ready to jump yeah, him? I'm yeah. like, damn dog, they getting ready to jump him in the victory <laughs> lap. That's all fucked up. And then when they, you know they got together, I was yeah. like, okay, this is great. You know, I kind of wish Jonah was around. Now you really have something going on. But another story for another time. You know, I get it, man. He wanted to go to WWE, get that bag too. Um, I like the fact that Zack Sabre Jr. is the quote-unquote front man, you know, basically replacing Jonah. Zack Sabre Jr. can talk, you know, clearly can cut, you know, clearly can, you know, wrestle in ring. His backstage promo, I was like, please, God, go to George Michael. Please, God, go to George Michael. He didn't. But that, to me, is one of his, his funniest, like, you know, backstage promo skits if you will talking about how george michael talks to him from the dead or whatever you know you should do this you should do that i'm like man this shit is so goddamn funny but yeah uh the fact that you have zach saber jr together with haste and nichols that's a nice little trio and the fact that like i said uh haste and nichols got the uh the win on 
Bishiman at New Year's Dash. So that sets them up for a probable tag team title match at some point. I like that match right there. TMDK was one of those quiet teams in World Tag League that oh, was yeah. doing damage, just didn't didn't get to that level where they were right there yeah. to face, you know, I at forgot, the top I teams. I forgot to mention them. Yep, yeah, forgot to mention them earlier when I was running through kind of the new blood in the tag tournaments, but yeah, great to have them. Aussie Open got a lot of pub, but um, TMDK right, was right there too. Yep, agreed, agreed. So we go to our never open weight championship, which I'll admit was the match I cared the least about, <laughs> but I thought they did a pretty good job. No, I agree. Tonga defeats Carl Anderson in 9.36. Um bit of a botched finish <laughs> but uh overall the crowd was it crowd loves tama um anderson i don't he didn't mail it in i think he worked pretty hard and uh yeah i'd say probably like three and a quarter for this match but honestly was a little better than i thought it would be i agree i gave it three and a quarter as well um people <laughs> people like well i shouldn't say people people are japanese fans like carl anderson and God bless you for it. My biggest question was yeah. the, the thing you said, is he going to mail this <laughs> motherfucker in or not? And he didn't. You know, the the botch finished aside, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I got over it with Kari and uh, Mercedes. I got over it pretty quick with this, too. My, I have just two things going with this. One, the fact that Tomatago lost the Neverweight title and now just got it back. You could have just kept it on him, have a little run, yeah. and then just, you know, have him drop it at a later point. Yep. That's just, to me, a start-stop thing where Gato just needed to figure that out. But it is what it is. He's got the title back. But ultimately, I think the number two point, and I was banging on this on uh, BFR on Thursday, I, I missed the, the Intercontinental Championship. I wanted to come back. It's Me too. I, I kind of wanted to, when they married the titles and Naito won it, of course, as a, a big time Naito mark. If you didn't, I didn't say that, but yeah, uh, anything Naito does is good by me. Um, I love the idea. Yep. You know, it sounds like an amazing time, but then, you know, the pandemic hits, he loses the evil, and, you know, you kind of go from there, which is never mind. That's a whole nother story. You never really elevated the never title in the absence of yeah. the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. And which that's. Go ahead. supposed to be the point. Right. And they've like, never no, done I it. Say, I thought that was supposed to. You had, Jay, you had Jay White win it. You had Tanahashi win it. And then from there, it's just kind of gone off onto the wayside. And, yeah, there's not that second big singles title, which I thought would have been perfect for someone like Zack Sabre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now he's got the TV belt. But that doesn't really mean much yet. I mean, hopefully he makes it mean something, and I think he will. But couldn't agree more. The Never title should have been elevated and it's been pushed down. And also, like, Carl and, like, they should have just had Tom a run with it because yep. he was so hot yes. coming out of the G1, going into the G1. Like, the crowd loves him. He's done a great job as a singles wrestler. So, okay, now he's got it. Let's make it, let's make it mean something. Please. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think we have a challenger yet, right? No, uh, nobody but came sure out, and I don't think he did, did. He didn't lose at New Year's Dash, so no, there's not an immediate challenger something that big, I could. Something big with his brother at New Year's Dash. True story. To, but, True story. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on to the six-man tag, Keiji Muto's last New Japan match. Thank God, which <laughs> <laughs> he. 
Tanahashi and Shota Umino defeat the LIJ team of Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. Nine minutes, 20 seconds, three and a quarter. This was fine. You know, this was what it was. I'm glad Shota got the pin. I called mm-hmm. that. Um, and we're clearly setting up a little something with Naito, which was, you know, shown the following night as well. Obviously, we've got some Noah business to take care yes. of first. But, um, yeah, this was this was cool. This was fine. I'm sick of Mudo. <laughs> Just so we've seen him enough in Noah. I, you know, there does nothing for me. It does nothing for me, but I get it. But it's like he didn't even sink in the moment. And like they made the point, Super Jcast, which is an awesome New Japan podcast mm-hmm. I listened to. Kevin Kelly brought it up a couple of times about how they had made the joke that once the like he'll be in the car park before the match even ends, and it was kind of like that. Like he didn't even give the fans like a moment. Like he barely even put over Shota. Like all right, get the fuck out of here. And it was kind of like that with Nakamura too. So I'm fine with it. Get him off my screen. I have respect for the guy. I've watched oh a lot God. of his old matches. He was amazing. But get off my screen. God, I'm tired of you, damn. man. At least when we see him next to Noah, he's gonna Sting will be there, Darby will be there. I'll be very intrigued by that. But uh yeah, I'm tired of his old ass. <laughs> Hot fire, ladies and gentlemen. God <laughs> damn. Um it was right what it was. Yeah, right. I mean, right from the mouth of the Phoenix. Um, Shoto getting the win is the most important thing. I guess my the question I wanted yeah. to bring up was when Shota left to go to excursion, was Naito his last match? I think it was, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I can't remember either. What stuck out to me was that match, and it wasn't his last, but in the New Japan Cup against Tanahashi. Yeah. Like, that was the first moment I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be a star. Oh, yeah, like, for that's sure. That's what I remember from his like time as the young lion, but you might be right. Like That does sound familiar. If that's the case, it would make sense why this they're doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm very intrigued about that match. I think, like I said, to me, Shota oh, yeah. is the is the guy that I have my eye on first. Renderita second. I think Renderita is great. I just you know, I, Shota is just he's got that it factor. You know what I'm saying? For a lack of a yeah. better word, um, like I, like a Tanahashi. I mean, hell, he looks like Tanahashi. He does look like he's baby Tanahashi. I swear to God. Uh, yep. I gave it three and a quarter and stars is, as well. And Ren is baby Shibata. Ren is baby Shibata. And like a same same thing. Not a lot of fanfare. Not a lot of emotion. He's got the towel. Come, he's coming in. He's coming to beat your ass. Pretty much. That. Yeah, and I, so, I, like I said, both both, got, amazing. both have high ceilings. Just right now, Shota just has that a little more charisma, for lack of a better word, that makes me want to see his matches just a little bit more. But like I said, there was nothing wrong that Renarita did. They both came on the biggest stages they're alive so far and showed out. But, you know, one got yep. the win in this scenario, and that's fine. You know, get it in, you know, let's build from there. The other didn't, but neither one of them looked bad in the process. Totally agree. All right. Now we start to pick up business a little mm-hmm. bit. And we finally get our first match that's longer than 10 and a half minutes. <laughs> IWGP Junior Heavyweight Four-Way Championship. Hiromu Takahashi wins his fifth junior championship over Ishimori, El Desperado, and Master Watto, who was the story here. Master hey, Watto, you know, it's, it's been a very 
slow climb for him, but I think he's starting to figure it out. He showed flashes a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Match with El Desperado, that four, the tag match they had with all four of these participants, and then he had the crowd fucking going in this one, and that high-angle German suplex, Oof. I've never seen anything like that. That Oof. was unbelievable. I was going to say, um, is Despy okay? Frankly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, damn. I love Hiromu. He's one of my favorite New Japan wrestlers in the last five years, but I think this was the wrong winner here. Really? Um, I know we both picked, yeah, I mean, we both picked Ishimori. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's some deuce with the Kushida thing. I think putting the belt on Master Wato would have been just fine. Um, yeah, I'm never going to be upset about Hiromu. Don't no, get me wrong. No. I think we talked like I would love I would love to see another Hiromu Kushida match. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like they just keep going back to the Hiromu well. All you know, now won four best of super juniors, right. three in a row, right. five junior titles. Right. And he deserves it all. He's fucking amazing. But it just they just kinda keep going back to this and like no one no one's like Ishimori defended the belt once in six months. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, it's, what was the what was the point of all that? And right. now we're just back to Hiromu. Right. Like Desperado, he had a nice run with it. He beat Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Now his hump is getting that best of Super Junior. Right. But we'll see what happens, and I'm guessing we'll have a Hiromu Kushida match, which their feud in 2017 was amazing. Um, but yeah, props to Wato in this one. I think he's now as interesting as he's ever been and uh you know excited to see more and i think the fans are too no master wada was definitely the the standout of this match they made sure of it in multiple times where i was like is he getting ready to win this motherfucker not oh my god you know yeah. he stood out you know and that was the the one yep. one question mark coming into this is master wada going to be that guy that, that that we just all assumed was going to eat the pin and you know somebody was going to move forward I'm not mad about the Hiromu win. I was a little surprised. I agree with your assessment about the Hiromu well, if you will. They have run that joker dry. And I was kind of thinking that Ishimori, through all of this, you know, chaos and strife and, you know, I'm making everybody jump through the hoops. He would come out ahead and then Kushida would come out and you would have something like that. Post-match in the, uh, yep. the at the press conference, Hiromu did throw out a couple of names of guys that he wanted to to face off the bat, and Ishimori was the first because he felt like you know this wasn't the the best way to win it in a four way. He wanted to win, beat him, and then he threw out Kanemaru because Kanemaru stomped him out in a the best of the Super Juniors. So those two names came out, but he threw out a third name that really just had me on the fucking floor for like five seconds. And he threw out Dragon Lee's name. I'm like, you motherfucker. Dragon Lee. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Why, yeah. Now, why yeah. you go do that? Yeah. Now, why you go do that? A lot of, lot of history there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and, now see, why you go and say that? I mean, man, <laughs> I know Vince is now, but <laughs> we don't need to talk about no. that. No. <laughs> Triple H has shown Triple H has shown willingness to do business with Japanese companies, so never say never. No, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not saying it's but, never yeah. going to happen, but I was just like, now see, now, now, oh, you, now you teasing me, man. Now we got to have to make this shit work. <laughs> Call up Triple H. Get him on the line. 
Hiromu wants to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what he was like. Yeah. That, that's the funny part on the, on the way out. He's like, you know, bye, Triple H. I know yeah. you're watching. He's like, I know you're not watching. I'm like, this dude is a goddamn fool. But that's what that's the great part about Hiromu. That's what we love. You know, he's he has the the funny part, the charismatic part, but he's great in ring too. Ultimately, I agree with you. This was a chance to give somebody else um, a chance to run with it a little bit. Ishimori is the the prime example. I barely remember this title reign for him. It was really disappointing. A lot of it was, you know, the build to this match from like October or, or yep. the November to this point. It was just a lot of the same <laughs> yeah, multiple, you know, WWE style book. And okay, we're going to do, do this and this, you know, here's a six man, here's an eight man. And it was these same four guys. Granted, this match saved all of it. I'm not mad about the build as much as I was, but it was just getting a little repetitive. I gave it a four and a quarter stars ultimately. Me too. We're pretty, we're pretty close here on these yeah. Uh, ratings. Yeah, here. which is kind of um, scary. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You know, they had, gave them sixteen and a half. Yeah, gave them sixteen and a half, and they went to work. I thought there was just a lot of nice combinations here, and yeah, they put on one hell of an entertaining match. That great. is for sure. Okay, are you ready to buckle your seatbelt here? Yeah, let me get, let me get stretched for a second. Oh my <laughs> lord, have mercy! God damn, what the fuck was oh. this? Holy shit! <laughs> I'm like, is, is he alive? <laughs> is Will Ospreay alive? Kenneth, Kenneth Omega defeats William Ospreay in 34 minutes 38 seconds with a fucking Kamagoye mm. into a one-winged angel. And I swear I thought he was going to kick out of that bastard. Uh, a part of me thought, it, you know, if there was a the time to do it. If, if, of all the things that we see leading up to it, this might have been the time where if he kicked out, I'd be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> fuck it. We can go five more. Why not? Let him go. I, I think it's coming in their next match, I bet. Because, I mean, whenever that may happen, Forbidden Door 2, a New, new Japan show, Wrestle Kingdom, who knows? I mean, you know Osprey is going to get his over Kennedy at some point. Yeah. But wow, what fucking shock. Uh, I was very, very surprised to see Kenny win. I think I mentioned, like, I just kind of assumed that he would do what Jericho did for him. You know, mm-hmm. come over, be the big star. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's coming back in right. the place that made him a star. Right. Put over the younger guy, the up-and-coming guy. But clearly, they're trying to tell a story here. You know, this was not – what I am what I believe is this was not a one-off. Um, I, I have a feeling these guys really do – I know they respect each other. I don't think they have as much hatred as like, I think it's work largely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do, but like, you know, they talk about like, Will said so they had like a 40 minute conversation about pro wrestling before Kenny left. Like, I think these two guys know they're two of the best in the world and they know that they can squeeze a lot more out than just one match. But fuck, this is like a top 15, top 10 match of all time. I yeah. Think. Like, I was actually pulling it up. You'll probably hear me reference cage match a lot on this show. I use it a lot. Just the barometer. Yeah. Great rating system. For sure. This match is currently sitting fourth of all fourth of all time Jesus. on cage matches rating behind Omega Okada one, Shibata Okada that I mentioned earlier, and Kenta Kobashi and Masawa from Noah two thousand three. And then this is tied actually with Omega Okada 
three or four, the best two out of three, and then mm. a nineties all Japan. Granted, these these ratings fluctuate, but yeah, that just shows that everyone else also believes that this match was fucking great. Um, I'm gonna hand it over to you. What were kind of just your reactions? Some of your favorite <laughs> spots? I've got a few notes from uh, rewatching it a little buzz last night, but, right. um, but yeah, take it away here. Um, just the just the big fight feel of it, you know. Kenny's coming out to new music. Will Ospreay comes back to his uh, aerial assassin gimmick. From that point, it was just a lot of just anticipation on my part. You know, how is this going to play itself out? And it felt like Kenny was, you know, really taking over this match for a hot second. The, the Obviously, the spots outside of the ring with the tables, you know, that motherfucker. You know, he, I love I love anytime he does that double foot stomp. I think Wrestle Kingdom 11 was the first. I'd never seen that before in my life. Nope. And yeah, and then he ended up getting suplexed onto the bottom of the table. With yeah, like with the, the legs up. I was just like, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not, I do want to mention you had pointed out when he did his shining moment <laughs> through the hole in the table where he popped his head through. He's a, he's a genius. Man. He's I mean, going to say, oh, this table didn't break. Give me Will Ospreay's head. I'm going to break this table. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, oh, dude, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Just kick it, kick the table through. Blood all over. Will Blood is all just. Because this, this was after the DBT on the post. When then I assume he rolled under the ring with a little blade job. But if he didn't, um, I mean, shit, it, it worked just as well. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the point where you saw yeah. little like little puddles of blood. I'm like, oh, he's like really bleeding, bleeding. And then he finally, you know, came up. You could see his face. I'm like, yep, he is busted open. That just added to the drama. Will Ospreay coming back, you know, feel, making me feel like he was going to bring this thing back. You know, I'm going to spit in your face before you do some shit to me like this again. Kicking Kenny in the face, the hidden blade yeah. spot. I was like, okay, Will Ospreay's getting ready to pull this shit off. So even as Kenny was kind of dominating the match, Will Ospreay defined as ever. That's where it became the back and forth. That to me was like kicking it into another gear. The V triggers just Jesus Christ. I don't know what it is eight about of eight of them. I don't know what it is about Kenny. Yeah, thank you for that because I was going to ask you about that. Uh, we had a prop bet sheet going on yep. and the over under for V triggers. Azar nailed it. <laughs> v triggers were set at five. I'm like. That's over. There's no way it's going to be less than five. I mean, Kenny Omega is going to try to win this match. He's going to try to take this boy's head off. I I don't know what it is about Kenny in New Japan, but he's just different in New Japan versus AEW. And I'm not not knocking the fact that, you know, it's, you know, he had a great AEW run as double champion, you know, the bell collector, you know, that was a great run. That was a great gimmick. But his wrestling style is so stiffer in Japan, it's scary to just look at it from that perspective and look at him in AEW. It's the same guy. It's just not the same guy, if that makes sense. He's got another switch. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just, you can see it on him. And it, he was playing, he was definitely playing the heel. Yes. You know, he's playing a different character. Like, yes. he is the cleaner. You know, this, this was old New Japan Kenny dialed up to 11. Don Callis on commentary, talking him up. Um, I loved one of the notes I took last night was 
It was after Will got DDT'd and he was under the ring and like all of the United Empire kind of swarmed him. And Callus like, we should expel them. What is this team sports here? <laughs> and then he gets he gets up as well, and like you can hear him he's like, this is a team sports. <laughs> I'm so sorry, cool. I do not, I don't get how people don't like Don Callis. He's the perfect over the top heel commentator. Yeah, perfect. It is just like Gorilla and he, mm-hmm. and he and Kevin Kelly. And yes. They, their chemistry is undeniable. Yes. Like they were playing into each other. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of the other notes I took last night. which okay. were pretty disjointed, but I think it was before that DDT, what I thought really started kicking it into gear was when Will flipped out of that dragon's top rope dragon yep. and immediately hit Kenny with the Robinson special. Like in the past, when those would get flipped out, usually they allow five seconds. Yeah, like, Kenny. Oh, oh well, my God, he did. But Will will stand there, and you know, you know the crowd will be like, "Oh!" And then they'll start clapping. That's the it, this is awesome part of the program. And then you know they'll go from there. It's like you said. As soon as Will hit his feet, he just went right after Kenny. I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, here we go." Yeah, it was incredible. I don't even know what this means, but I <laughs> Kenny breaks count with drop kick before Terminator. Must have been pretty cool. But the last note I have is way later, Kreutz Wrath off the top rope. Fuck. Like, that was insane. Yeah. And when he had, like, did the big, basically big German off the top. Yeah, that was, um, that was man, sick. There's so many spots we haven't hit on. You mentioned the hidden blade. He hit him in the face a couple of times. <laughs> Um, I Kenny's think, eyes all jacked up. Driller, yeah, like it was, it was fucking crazy. No. I mean, and then we got the the textbook Osprey counter. It's impossible to describe, but he kind of flips over and does a complete thing, and then ends up power like doing the high angle power bomb. I um, almost had him for the uh, the, the stone breaker. Kenny reverses that. I mean, it's just so much yeah. shit. Yeah, and just the emotion, the struggle, the everything. It was fucking perfect. And Five stars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, I saw Dave gave it six and a quarter, which I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. go above five, but, <laughs> okay. but I, do, I will say, like, this was a scale breaker. Yeah. In the sense that if I would go above five, it this would is the be. one. Yeah, so, like, this I is the match to do it. This a five. A five plus, if yeah. you will. Yeah, uh, which I had, which I had three of these. I had three of these last year. Uh, Mega Osprey G one, mm-hmm. Briscoe's FTR three, mm. and then Julia Shuri were like my three scale breakers, um, so to speak. So, like, I think this match was probably better than any match in twenty twenty two. If I'm being honest, if like I think this, I think this exceeded the G one final, which was my yeah. match of the year. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be my match of the year, uh, at least for, on the uh, the New Japan side. Um, if there was there was somebody I was talking for to now. at the yeah right, the, the there was somebody I was talking to at the bar I was working at, and they know that I like professional wrestling, and they and we we were talking about you know the promotions I like, and I brought up New Japan first, and they're like, oh, you know, I've never heard of that. And I was like, well, you know, if you go to YouTube, I want you know, I'm not going to get you down this rabbit hole just yet. You know, there's a couple of matches. You know, I named off a couple of matches or whatever. Obviously, Okada and Omega was on my list. I'll just say this: if there was a match that I wanted to try to introduce somebody to to New Japan to you know put your toe in the water to yep. see if you like it, this is one of the matches that I would put on the list. It has 
everything oh, yeah. that you could possibly ask for. It wasn't like it was a huge year long build. It was basically like six months. We, you know, they they teased, you know, it's a dance at Forbidden Door leading up to it. And then after the fact, the next thing you know, after, you know, Will has another great United States title defense over Shota Umino, Kenny Omega pops up. And that that that's how they built yep. it. And that's and you didn't really need that much more. You had two of the biggest stars in the world when it comes to professional wrestling. You know, wrestling for the US title. Hell, I forgot about that it was for the title at one point. I was just like so mesmerized, like, what the fuck is going on? This is the greatest fucking it's thing like, ever. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Kenny's U.S. champ now. Like, wow, oh, yeah. that's exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's that belt thing that he's taking away, walking away with. All right. Yeah. The OE, yeah. And, that's, and that's the other, the, the last thing I'll get, I want to talk about, and we, you want to move on, we can. Um, Kenny leaving with the U.S. title just makes me want the, the Intercontinental Championship back more. I get it. I'm not yeah. mad that he won. Yeah. You know, it was a great fucking match. I could care less who won. I wanted Will to yep. win just because of the the press conference before, yep. and he was talking about how, you know, the Will Ospreay struggles, how yeah. he has to get over there, and, you know, he had to drive around in, in the car because they thought he had COVID, and he didn't. He had this doctor's note. I mean, that story alone, I was like, fuck it. I want Will Ospreay to win, damn it. He was over here. I was invested. He worked me to the point where I was like, okay, yes, Will Ospreay has stepped through this, through thick and thin. Kenny left. He got us through the pandemic, and now we're here. Go, Will Ospreay. I'm not mad at Kenny won. I just wish that there was the Intercontinental Championship going around, that Will Ospreay could probably go for that if he wanted to, but neither here nor there. Great match. I just hope that Tony Khan doesn't bury the U.S. title on AEW television. Announce the fact that he won. Talk about the fact that this is a chance to build up New Japan World instead of just worrying about AEW slash ROH. Yeah, and I'm just excited about the prospect of him going back to Japan as well. Oh, yeah. I'd like to think he'll be back there at least one more time as champ and probably drop it to someone over there. Probably, I would guess not Osprey because I think he's going to move on to bigger and better things. So that may be a non-title match when they have it. But I did just want to talk about Osprey a little bit and kind of the trajectory and back to the G1 final. <laughs> I was yes, going to bring this not, up. We talked about this. But he's not on paper a baby face right now at all, and that showed even more at New Year's Dash. Mm-hmm. But in these big matches, in the eyes of the fans, in the eyes of us. Everyone wants him to fucking win. Right. So no matter how he's acting, he's going to get that babyface treatment in these big matches. And I think he's now hit his, his rock bottom moment is now. And this is going to start the year of Will Ospreay, which is insane to think because he's already the best wrestler in the world. But I said it to you and I'm going to stamp it right here. Will Ospreay defeats Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom next year and he gets his big triumphant baby face everyone loves the moment because let's not forget he had to vacate the IWGP yep. World Heavyweight Championship yep. he had that fucking unbelievable match with Shingo last mm-hmm. year at Dontaku which I had as a scale breaker um, and then had to give it up and then I'm glad Shingo carried that ball because I think he was the wrestler of the year in 2021 um, but it's Will Ospreay's time I think he, he gets his win over Kenny Probably Forbidden Door 2, but we'll see. Um, and that's, he will win the G1, 
and he will get his win over Okada. So I guess that means I'm predicting Okada carries the belt. <laughs> <all> year, which, <laughs> now, yeah. You can obviously believe that. Yeah, that's what um, I say. It's not like we haven't seen that yeah. one before. No, I, I was thinking about I that. Think, no, I just think ahead. we're headed to an Osprey. <laughs> I just think we're headed to a big Osprey crowning ascension. And my prediction is next year at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think these are the two people he needs to beat. Or he needs to beat Kenny and it needs to come over Okada. Because he's now failed at Wrestle Kingdom Mm -hmm. twice against Okada. And in the G1 final. The only time he's ever beaten him was when Great Okan came out and interfered. So he's yet to have a clean win. That is his final boss, so to speak. And I think this whole year is going to be about him building up to get to that point. Shit, Okada's everybody's final boss. Um, I was watching the Will Ospreay uh, backstage. Yeah, right. I was watching his backstage uh, press conference, and I was like, okay, is he? what is he going to do after this? And you could, you know, he was starting to melt down a little bit. You know, he's talking about sacrifice and, you know, how much he's already sacrificed. He doesn't know if he could do one more. He basically said what you said, you know, I'm giving this one more year, and if I can't do this in one year, you know, I'm, I'm basically done. I'm like, motherfucker Brett's gonna be right he is going to pull this shit off in a calendar fucking year and I'm here for it man I, I think it's going to be an amazing ride just because like you said there's the two biggest hurdles that he has to deal with in 2023 is Kenny Omega beating him kind of snatching that man away from him and then ultimately beating Okada when it counts the most I think he can do both it's going to yep. be great to see both matches um I'm here for the the run of Will Ospreay. I, I'm just here to. I just wanted to throw you know a little fire on your prediction on that. I really once he said you know I, I got yeah he's like I'm giving this one year and if I can't do it in one year I'm done. And as soon as he said that I'm like fucking Brett, God damn. <laughs> he's yeah, so I right. I texted you. I think like right after yep. right after the match ended. I'm yep. like, or even during the match. I think it was. I'm like. This is going to be his the build to his baby face. You know, yeah. But unbelievable. Um, all-timer. Incredible. Yeah. It was, it's so what a tough act to follow. And uh, these two these two men, absolutely. Okada defeating Jay Wood in seconds. Impossible spot. But, mm. man, this was, you know, I was starting to fade a little bit. I'll be honest. It was like 7.30 a.m. here, 7 a.m. Um, so I do need to rewatch this match, but I think it took a while to kind of me to get into it. And I loved the Dominion match last year. Yes. Like I went five stars on that and it was like number six or seven for the year. Like just Jay's psychology and shit talk and getting in Okada's head. It just didn't feel the same here. And yeah, he was doing the <laughs> like a ton. And I think it, I like that. That's funny. But like, just didn't have that same feeling to me. And maybe that's because it just followed this insane, ridiculous match. And I think also in my mind, I think it was pretty apparent Okada was winning. Surprisingly though, you and I were the only two that picked him on the prop sheet. Really? Interesting note. Um, I thought it was pretty apparent that he was going to win and he did. Um, You know, there was big shit down the stretch. Okada kicked out of the blade runner, which was on the sheet. Jay White kicked out of the full throttle Rainmaker on the sheet. So, like, that was all good shit for sure. But it just almost felt a little forced to me. Um, a little. But, again, I still really liked it. I gave it four and a half stars. 
Um, I want to hear your take on it, but more than anything, I think the post-match promo by Jay, and then that mm-hmm. can lead us into some brief New Year's Dash, New Year's Dash talk. But yeah, what did you think of the match? I gave it four and a quarter stars. Um, like you said, it's it was an impossible spot, but then we were texting about this. I was like, well, if there's two guys that can do it, you know, we're bringing, we're bringing in the two guys that can possibly do this. Um, it was a classic Jay White Okada match. You know, it started off slow. You know, the little ring psychology was the first match that Jay White has wrestled in, uh, in New Japan with, you know, past post-pandemic. So it was the first cheering crowd he's been in, in front of, which is absolutely weird to think about. Uh, we were talking about Ishimori's title run. What, or, he's, what he's wanted all along. Say that again. Oh, I was just saying that's what he wanted all along. He's like, cheer for me. You know, yeah. he's been egging the fans on yes. all year about cheering. And yes. then he finally got it. And that, that was, you know, a little interesting, you know, subtext to the match. How, how are the fans going to really, you know, give it to Jay White, boom, like I was hoping they were going to. And they were starting to get into it as the match rolled along. And I think, but but I think that's just part of the the fact that it was, it went behind this barn burner where it was just like, we needed a minute, you know, just to kind of recalibrate yeah. and, you know, get everything back together. And then unfortunately, you know, the final match was, you know, the, the main event or whatever the case may be, neither here nor there. Ultimately, I agree with you that it felt like this was an Okada win. There was nothing that was leading up to this point that I was thinking, okay, you know, Jay White could win this. They really didn't feel like there was a lot of, I guess, contenders in this Jay White title reign. I think he defended it two, maybe three times. So it's kind of like Ishimori. It felt like they were just waiting for the right time to take the title off of him. Wrestle Kingdom is as good as it gets. So neither here nor there. Uh, post-match, obviously, you know, I'm waiting for the Jay White meltdown because this is what he does. <laughs> and he, you know, sing, he's trying to figure yeah. out what, uh, you know, what went wrong. You know, I kicked Tomatonga out. I got everybody in, in play. And then finally, it clicks upon him. There's one guy that didn't fall in line, and that's Hikaleu. And now he's going to focus his... And then he, he, yeah. He focused, now he's going to focus his attention, which is scary to think about, to Hikaleu and Tamatonga, his whole family. Now the mission is to get Hikaleu out of New Japan. And, we, and that pretty much leads us into New Year's Dash, and we can talk about that if you like. Yeah, I just want to give a take real quick on that promo. Yeah. Like, he is so good at these backstage meltdowns, if you will. The first. When he lost to Ibushi last year at Wrestle Kingdom, oh. it was brilliant. He was on the floor crying, oh. essentially. Oh, I get him up, man. Damn. One, of best, one of the best promos I've ever seen. And then when he lost to Tama in the G1 this year, it was just, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and then this, this was incredible because it's like he was doubting everything he'd Damn. done. Almost doubting. He's like, welcome to the Tajay show. Mm. You know, I'm the last rock and roller, the cattle, a question, almost questioning everything. Kato was and like, it's still, it's, it's still your era. It's still your era. And Jay was like, yeah. is it? And then he's like, is it? I, I was like, oh. Yeah. And then he apologizes. To yeah, Kato, I'm he like, apologizes what the fuck? to Okada. <laughs> I'm like, this is the he's crazy like, I'm shit. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm sorry I did all this, but I don't regret it because I wouldn't be sitting here if mm-hmm. I didn't 
stab all these people in the back. Like it was brilliant. Yes. Like, he explained everything. And then, like you said, he's like, what happened? What went wrong? And then immediately he flips the switch and fuck Hikaleo. Right. And like now he's got his direction. You know, it's like, he seemed like he was maybe going to quit again. Like he did after a bushy, but like, and then he like he literally his head hit the table and then he comes up he's like one man yep and it was so good and yes transitioning in he challenged him to a loser leaves japan match fueling all sorts of speculation mm-hmm. is jay white going to wwe <laughs> and all these rumors come out wwe is interested in hick leo and all this shit but Oh man! Jay White's winning this match, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I don't think there is any way in the world you're allowing Jay White to leave New Japan in this booking scenario. Uh, Hickaway was good. I think you know he he's a WWE prototypical guy. He's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think he yeah. go he goes over there and you know hopefully he does well. But that, yeah, there's no way this is the you know. New Year's Dash is like we talked about earlier. It's a hard reset for New Japan. Now Jay White has focus going forward in the, you know the January February months until we get to the New Japan Cup in uh in March. They just announced that uh this afternoon. So in that scenario, like you said, it's 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 going to be perfect because Hikaleo is is a, a you know, tall drink of water. He he's formidable in that sense. Ultimately, I expect Jay White to win that match and Hickaway to move on to bigger and better things. And if that's WWE, then so be it. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I won't miss him too much. No, yeah, he's no, fine, no, no, no he's, he's fine. Yeah, one that really like moves the needle for me. No, so yeah. All right. Um, I don't want to go through the whole card of New Year's Dash right. because we've been going for a while, and I don't have a ton more time. But just want to talk about the big thing. So for sure. The first match we had. Um, Suzuki and El Desperado come to the aid of Ren Narita <laughs> against House of Torture. Very interesting, but it's like, okay, now we see a couple more chips from Suzuki Goon, right. and it would appear that that trio is going to be challenging for the Never Six Man, and let's fucking go. Give them the belts. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, seeing Suzuki come out first to make the save, I was like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? <laughs> Suzuki? Yeah, I was getting ready to say it's crazy to think about even Suzuki making a save for anybody that's not, you know, former Suzuki goon or anything along those lines. Despy comes out, and like you said, they brought off House of Torture. Not a huge fan of House of Torture. Let's not even lie. I hate House of Torture. Their music hits, my eyes roll. It's like Pavlovian. It's ridiculous. But uh, (laughs) it's just like, God damn, here come these Seven dudes. Kelly fucking hates them too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a passion. It's like dog with bone with Kevin Kelly. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, at least the match itself. If they get the six and uh, never open weight tab- titles, that's cool too. But just the fact that Suzuki is is running with or you know next to Renneria, Ren- I did not have that on my bingo card for 2023. Not at all. Nope. Good shit there. And then continuing, 
we have next because uh, the beauty of this show is you don't know who's coming out. Right, you know, the yeah. card wasn't announced. Well, so and that's that a, was fun. And that's a running uh, tradition for those who don't know or just you know diving into this podcast for the first time. I want to learn a new more about New Japan. New Year's Dash is the day after Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom falls on the same date every year, no matter what the day it is. Obviously, in this case, January. it was January fourth. It was Wednesday morning. So then. The next morning, uh, January 5th, is New Year's Dash, and it's basically like we were talking about. It's a hard reset to storylines, angles, so on and so forth. So for this, coming out of the box, it's like already I'm like, oh, shit, you know, Suzuki is with the Ren Arena. This could actually be good. Now I'm thinking about possibilities of what can go on moving forward. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so then we have the just four guys. We got Takamichi Noku coming out in a suit with his hair all spiked up with Doki, Taichi, and Kanemaru. All four. All four former Suzuki Goon members. And yeah, he introduces them as just four guys. Which I think is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Um, Taichi clearly the leader. Um, and yeah, like we mentioned, um, Doki and Kanemaru got a pinfall over one of the catch 22s i can't remember so yeah we've got our first challenger there um just moving on tmdk defeating goto ishii and yoshihashi so haste and nichols will get their shot at fishamon but then post-match uh we have a new member of tmdk <laughs> and it's a young lion um shit which one fujio <laughs> was the yeah, fujio was Fujita, the one that got Sanders, inducted yeah he had been cosplaying Zack Sabre Jr. at times, wearing the jacket to throw people off and uh, kind of acting as Sabre's young boy, if you will. And uh, he, after this match, he pulls him over. They force, they take his shirt off and put the new one on. And, yeah, I think this is the first that oh, I can man. remember, like an active young lion in a faction. I so, agree. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. And I can't it, think of it either. Uh Poor Onward, it was like over on the side, was like, hey, dude, I helped too, okay? Yeah. There was two of us <laughs> that cosplayed yep. you, and I was the other one. Where the fuck is my shirt at, motherfucker? That, to me, was the, the you know, the funny part was, you know, watching Fuji. It was like, you know, get, is this happening? You know, am I going to do this? So they put the TMDK shirt on him, and they immediately go to Onward. On was kind of like over in the corner, like, you know, hey, fellas. I hope too. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to see if that uh, if that has any legs moving forward. Little, yeah. Well, young yeah, lion rivalry. Open young lion. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, this, and just having ZSJ with a young boy is just going to be awesome. <laughs> as we said, he's just so funny and he can talk and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, watching Fuji jump um, some hoops is going to be good. Match, yeah, for sure. It was Taguchi, Shota, Makabe, and Yo defeating the LIJ team, Bushi, Hiromu, Sonata, Naito. So this kind of furthered the Shota-Naito thing. Um, and then also, Yo got the pin over Hiromu here. Right, right? yes. Yeah, that's the other thing. So, so we've got a challenger, you know, that they've had some good matches. I remember that best of the Two, Super Junior final, final. yeah. Woo! despite show interfering and causing like a 10 minute stoppage. Like <laughs> that was one of the best yo performances. So I doubt he's going to win, 
But uh, yeah, it's something. It's something. It's um, it's like you said. It's a hard reset, and you got to give Hiromu. There was nobody that challenged Hiromu immediately after his uh, his title win at uh, Wrestle Kingdom the night before. So you hit, like you said, boom. Here's an immediate challenger. It's going to be yo. It's it just a callback to their BS show J final. But where the fuck is Kushida? That's the sixty-four thousand hour, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I expected him to come out at Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously, he didn't. Didn't come yeah. out the next night. But they got show to to uh, at least cover the tracks. At that point, maybe he's in America. I honestly have no idea where Kashuti is. Gotta feel like he'll turn up and challenge Hiromu at some point. You would like to think, because to me, like I said, the whole reason I picked Ishimori for Wrestle Kingdom is because. I thought Kushida was in the on deck circle. Yep. Okay. Then the next was really the whole consequence here was Jay challenging Hikaleo um, to the loser leaves Japan match. Um, nothing else really from that match. Hikaleo and Tama, Tanahashi, Wato over Bullet Club. Um, so then moving on to the four way. Um, frankly, I don't really even remember too much from this <laughs> match, but uh, Shingo, again, is KOPW champ, um, despite having his sights set on the IWGP world title, uh, but he defeated Great Okan, Show and Yano. You got anything on this one? Uh, just Great Okan, but post-match, basically, you know, making his intentions known that the KOPW championship isn't just going to be Shingo's to walk away with. There's going to be a little battle coming yeah. up. So Great Okan versus Shingo is probably going to be the first title defense for Shingo on the KOPW side. Um, I was kind of hoping that we'd see a little Rev Pro action uh, in New Japan because Great Okan is the Rev Pro yeah. champion, but we'll see what happens with that. But once again, like we said, New Year's Dash is the hard reset, and we got Shingo immediately as champion, and we got a media challenger right away. So no problem with that. The match wasn't anything to write home about. Yep. And then the big story mm. coming out here. In the main event, we had Hanare and Jeff Cobb come out first. And then we hear the OG cleaner music nice. from Kenny, which was very, which was very nice to hear. Followed by the the dropping of the coins. Kenny's face is great. He's like, yeah. "What the fuck? You got to be bullshit." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the same who way too. Would have seen this coming. I like, did not. Omega and Okada, the artists of some of the best matches of all time. Teaming up, IWGP champ, U.S. champ, and uh, yeah, 1336. We would have wanted a little bit more, but man, this was just a fucking hell of hell of a time. And Jeff Cobb did uh, give a little challenge toward Kenny after, which, shit, that match would be awesome. Oof, I'm about to say, sign me up. Um, the Omega Powers is how they were announced on New Japan World. I was like, you guys can't, you guys ain't shit. I nice. swear to God. But no, it was, um, it was, it's, no, it, it, it's great just because, like the like the whole concept of New Year's Dash. You don't know who's going to be part of. You don't know what's going to happen. Commentary, you know, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And you know, you have Kenny come out the night after a hellacious match with Will Ospreay. And you know, I'm sitting there like, okay, so who's this, you know who's the partner going to be? And I'm sitting there racking my head. I didn't even think about Okada. Not even coming close. And of course, like you said, you hear the coin hit the ground. I'm like, 
oh god damn right this is amazing it, it, it could have been five minutes more ten minutes more i'd have still been wanting more just because it, it is something that you didn't expect to see and now you're getting it hernari and jeff cobb have no chance at this point <laughs> we all knew it so at this point i'm just like yeah let him let him just we'll wrestle for like five more minutes or something like that it was cool to see okada and kenny on the same side but more importantly, you have Jeff Cobb kind of stepping up to the plate. That might be at Battle of the Valley. I can totally see that being a part of that card, you know, getting that uh, yeah, that match yeah. out of the way. I'm not sure what Okada is going to do. I see him and Jay White on the poster. They might run that back. It, might feel, it feels like it's a little too soon to do that, but I wouldn't mind seeing Okada yeah. and Jeff Cobb on the uh, the same card as Kyrie versus uh, Mercedes Monet. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that kind of wraps up New Year's Dash here. Um, we already kind of talked Julia and Stardom, and, you know, we obviously wanted New Japan to be the focus here. But before we get out of here, um, three other shows, you know, all the major Japanese promotions had big shows mm-hmm. from December 29th through January 4th. Um, also, it's really funny right now. My screen is like very, very light, and <laughs> you are just very, very dark. <laughs> I, don't, I guess it's just how the sun has started to come in. He, like I'm almost drowned out here, <laughs> and you can't see uh, my face for I shit. I just wanted to briefly touch. Yeah, I wanted to briefly touch on those. So Noah, we talked about uh, old man Muto and Nakamura. You know, the match was cool. Nakamura's entrance was awesome yes um but really for me the highlight of that show uh too was the heavyweight tag team championship kojima and sugura defeating a reunited team of kenta and mara fuji and then the ghc heavyweight title match between kaito kiyomiya and keno um i had that at four and a half i had the heavyweight tag at four and a quarter but both excellent matches and the highlights of that show for me um, I agree with you totally on the, on both accounts. I like the fact that Nakamura came out, even though it was the WWE intro. It's still a hot intro. You had the violin yeah. playing. I mean, it was a, it was a great throwback. The match was good, not great. Um, a lot of people were you know kind of freaking, not even freaking, but just like the the finish where uh, Nakamura sucks out this poison from uh, Keiji Muto or whatever. Uh, in this case, I'm sorry, it's Great Muto and. Uh, Everybody's like, oh, we've never seen this before. And then, of course, you know, the Internet never fails. You know, he's like, you know, here's this from, you know, Will Ospreay and Bushi from yep. 2019. And here's this from these two guys. <laughs> and, you know, six years before that, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. You know, can't we just say, you know, it was a nice little spot and move along? Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that Marafuji and Kenta were partners. This is why I'm glad this is going to be a great marriage because there's a lot of things about, you know, Noah and DDT that I'm going to learn on the, the road as we do this podcast. Cast and I was I looked at you and I was like I didn't know they, these guys were you know partners and of course you're like you know yeah you know they partnered here and then and then and then I'm like okay so now this makes well, sense. Not, not only were they partners, they've had one of the best matches. Like I'd call it a top twenty five match of all time. Those two had and Noah in like two thousand eight maybe or for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. So like they were partners before that, and then they had many feuds. So like it, they have a lot of history. Another thing together. to dig up on yeah, YouTube you but later on. Seen that match. That's I definitely one to, to go back on. Yeah. Um, um, no, I thought Kano, yeah, Kano and, and Keno. Oh. 
I'm with you, and we we've talked about this privately on our on text or whatever. Um, I like Kaido Kitamiya. I like him a lot. I think he's obviously the the young gun, the the rising star of uh, of Noah. You know, he feels like a Okada. He kind of looks like Okada. You know, he's already had a great title run. I think it was at least a year plus. So, I mean, he had that underneath his belt. He's the youngest GHC heavyweight champion. He's got that underneath his belt. So, I mean, this feels like more of a, you know, a developing, you know, title reign with uh, Kaido Kiyomiya. The biggest problem that I had, and, and you, you and I have talked about it, is leading up to this, there's been guys like Kano who's dropped it on his first turn. Fujita had to give it up because he mm-hmm. caught COVID. So then he ends up dropping it to uh, uh, Go Shiyazaki. He coughs it up Go. on his first. He coughs it up on his first try. So then it was like we were playing hot shot with the major, the big top title, and knowing I'm like, okay, we need to stop this. I like Kano. I thought this was a perfect yep. place to stop and let Kano have a nice little run. Kano reminds me of Naito, so that's probably the reason why I like him. So in that scenario, I was like, this is perfect. You know, let let Kano run with it. When Kaido Kiyomita beats Kano and gets the title back, I'm I'm okay with it because, you know, I get it. They had him beat uh, Keiji Muto. They had him win the N1 tournament. That's essentially the equivalent of the G1 in New Japan. So they were basically leading up to this point. I get it. But now I'm like the, at the point where now here comes Kano coming back and he loses again. I'm like, okay, now what the fuck are we going to do with Kano? Now you got him losing top t- top title matches. And now I'm like, you know, I'm getting frustrated because I like him and I want him to be that top guy. But right now, Kiyomiya is that guy and it's going it's probably going to be that way for a little bit. Not mad at it. It's just the, the booking yeah. of Noah, especially at the top, drives me up the wall. Yeah, it really kind of like I still watched it and enjoyed it mostly last year, but nowhere near as good as 2020 or 2021 Noah and largely because of the booking, like you said, but let's use this real quick. We forgot to mention or go through the Wrestle Kingdom and Yokohama card, which I got it written down. (laughs) Yeah, the main event. Let's just start there because you mentioned it is Keno against Naito. And like you said, two very, very similar personalities. Um, you know, we saw these two teams tangle five on five last year at this event. It was awesome. You know, very similar factions where they're both kind of naturally bad guys, but they're so cool that everyone loves them. Um, and I think we're finally getting what we all wanted last year was yeah. singles matches. Yeah. You know, that whole card last year was all tagged. It was a ton of fun. But now we've got Naito and Keno fucking Shingo and knock like oh, those have mercy. two matches alone are absolute main event quality wherever you put them up like i can't fucking wait for those and then just sonata manabu soya i know they've got history back to all japan um and then the juniors i don't know too much about on the noah side ohara uh hajime ohara I'll say that right now. That's the one that I'm really looking forward to. We we both know Hiromu, but Ohara is one of those really good yeah. technical wrestlers that can give Hiromu all kinds of trouble. He, he could t- he's Zack Saber Jr. 
esque, if you will. So imagine somebody like okay. Zack yeah, Saber Jr. esque. Seen him or not much? Yeah, he's yeah. he's usually like early on in the shows. He had a uh, a brief. Uh, Title uh, junior title run. I think it was him and uh, Taduske had a brief title run, then they end up coughing it up. But that's another story for another time. But yeah, if you get a chance, go look at it. One of his singles matches or whatever. He had a really good uh, match against Harada for the uh, the junior title. I guess that was sometime mm-hmm. last year. That's a good, that would be a really good barometer to really see what he can do. He pushed Harada to the limit, but Harada ended up defending the title. But yeah, on the if it's not Naito. Uh, Kano, if it's not Shingo, Nakajima, Hiromu, Ohara is the the mat- next match that I'm looking forward to the most. Excellent. And then to round it out, we have Bushi versus Tadasuke, who you mentioned. I do remember him from that five-on-five last year and kind of standing out just with his antics. Yeah. You know, he just kind of seemed got swagger kind of seems like an asshole so loves yeah, chris jericho so <laughs> he definitely stood out he, he uh, the chris jericho yeah. come on baby hell i'm yeah. like motherfucker <laughs> trademark infringement yeah I, did, yeah I do remember that now yeah, <laughs> yeah. so continuing down we've got okada okada and togi makabe <laughs> Else, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Against Kaito and Yoshiki Inamura. This should be awesome. I mean, Inamura, so underutilized by Noah. He's starting to get it a little more, but mm. that guy's a beast. And uh, this should be a very fun match for sure. Yeah. That, we were talking about Master Wada uh, standing out in the, uh, the junior tag championship at Wrestle Kingdom. I think. I'm looking for Inamura to stand out in this particular match. Hopefully, this is a breakout for him to have a big time 2023. Yep, and then Watto, you mentioned him, Taguchi and Tiger Mask versus Alejandro, Junta Miyawaki, and Amakasa. Um, You know, I've seen each of those Noah guys a handful of times, but, uh, you know, I assume this will be a showcase for Master Watto again and uh, see what these Noah Jr. guys can do as well. Alejandro is is dope. I like him a lot. He just takes a lot of falls. Eats a lot of pins, gets unmasked by uh, his former uh, faction in uh, Congo, but uh, just in the ring, he's he's something to, uh, something to look forward to. Miyawaki just came back from excursion. He and Amaska had a pretty good junior title match. Uh, I think it was yeah, towards the end of last. I watched that. Yeah, I was like, I think it was a lot toward the end of last year. It was the front part of this year. I, I can't remember, but either way, I it, think it was that. Uh, it was that that New Year. You're saying okay, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds right. Um. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of good names. It's going to be interesting, but I, I agree with you. I expect I'm looking for Master Waddle to have another standout of performance here. And then El Desperado versus Yohei. Yohei's a guy I've started to watch a little more recently when they won the tag team, junior tag team titles and then lost them. But uh, mm. he's definitely a guy who brings some excitement and uh, i think this should be a fun one actually i have yohei versus desperado i got it I, my source is from uh new japan uh 1972.com so it might be different i don't know where you got yours at either way that's, Yo- that, that's where i'm on as well okay um what did you have what did you have i have yohei versus desperado uh and uh, Espero, uh El Fantasmo, I have in a was it an eight man match with El Fantasmo, yeah, yeah. Fuji, Kenta, and Gato versus um, Tanahashi, yep. Segura, Kojima, and uh, Toru Yano. Yano, 
Yep. Yeah. So I've got that as the first and then that Desperado Yohei is second. But um, yeah, this eight man should also be good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Kentamara, Fuji together. Um, Segura teaming with Tanahashi, I think is cool. cool. So uh, yeah, fun stuff. And then I want to just mention one of the two dark matches. We have Ishii teaming with Oscar Lube, who you mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Two pretty good Noah guys and Masa Kitamiya and Daiki Inaba. So that that'll be a nice little pre-show match to watch. Yeah, play. for sure. I was gonna say uh Oscar better put on his hard helmet for this one because uh <laughs> these <laughs> other guys are gonna be bringing some heat for this for this match. Daiki Inaba is one of those guys that you if you don't watch a lot of Noah, and I've, I haven't gone to sit here and say I've watched a lot of it probably a year plus in. He doesn't look like a guy, but man, you ring that bell. He he will bring it. So th- this yeah. has my mad. This has me uh, interested and intrigued to see how this is going to play out, especially with the uh, the biggest young lion from New Japan in the mix. How is he going to be able to uh, stand up to the heat with, with, with guys that are just going to just bring the ruckus? I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. Hey, I'd say we call it there because I got to get rolling soon. We'll save uh, some TJP dub and DDT for the future. We covered a lot of ground here uh, in the day of the Phoenix Flash. And, uh, yeah, this was a ton of fucking fun. We don't really have a cadence yet. I mean, it'll probably be bi-weekly or just maybe dependent on when certain big shows happen. But, you know, we're, we just wanted to do it. And yeah. we've done it. And uh, now we will keep ourselves accountable and keep doing it. But, man, this was such a blast. And uh, no very, very excited to see hey, uh, where this, this was a good idea you had over goes. here. <laughs> this, this, give yourself some credit. No, this yeah. is a good idea you had over here. No, it was good. Oh. To, it was good to do this. I, I, like I said, I've always kind of wanted to do uh, something different than what Bam from Ringside is. And just keep it still in wrestling. And when you brought this up, I thought this was an amazing opportunity to do it. Keeps us in contact, keeps us talking wrestling, all that other good stuff. And yeah, there's, there's going to be so much to come up with. There's going to be stardom to talk about. There's going to be TJPW, DDT. So yeah, there's not a, it's not going to be every week. It's not going to be every month, but you know, when something big comes up on, and it will, because there's so many promotions we want to talk about, at least four that I can think of off the top of my head. You'll see the Phoenix come out from the sky, and then from that point, you just need to take cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a great, I was about to say, a great, a great yeah, way right? to cap it off. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this was a nice flight. I don't know if, yeah, you're going to pop on that music there. I got you. I got Send you. out here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for uh, JCB from Band from Ringside, this is at Jagger from the Brain Buster Boys, but we are the Phoenix Flash, and it's been fun flying with you. And I'm making this shit up on the fly. And he's doing so Have good. good <laughs> <laughs> Take care of each other. Be kind. Love everyone. Well, I don't know. No, not not not, not everyone, but yeah, that's another story yeah. for the the next episode. The, yeah. <laughs> Take it easy. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs>